0: Hello again, everyone. My name is David Bastl alongside ARIA President David Oykel, and this is the Real Estate Edition podcast. Coming up this month, we chat with Cassandra Agnew-Walker. She's the head of Standard Forms at ARIA, and David, changes, revisions, always something happening with Standard Forms.
1: You know, there sure is, Dave. Um, You know, it's something that uh, our members tell us is uh, one of their most valuable services that ARIA provides. Uh, We use it every day, obviously, in our trading Uh, So keeping up to date on uh, any new forms or what's changed in the existing forms or how to use the forms is always important. And this is a great conversation.
0: Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you're listening today. And now here's our conversation with Cassandra Agnew-Walker.
2: You're listening to this month's episode of The Real Estate Edition with host Dave Bastel and ARIA President David Oichel. (laughs)
0: Cassandra, this is now your fifth time coming on the podcast and it's been great every single time. I think most of our listeners know who you are, but for anybody who may need a reminder, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role with Aria?
2: I certainly can. A little background on myself. After enjoying 32 years, I don't even like saying that, quite a few years selling real estate, uh, also teaching and presenting across the province, I joined ARIA happily. And today my position at ARIA is head of ARIA forms, which most of all, I appreciate the continued interaction and outreach with member boards, associations, brokerage and members. However, to clarify, uh, the head of position keeps me busy with pretty much anything forms, including progress with our forms team. We have a team of four. We pump out educational and resource materials for members, um, help them understand and use the forms and clauses, And, and really lastly, I guess I'll summarize some of the not so fun, but very important things. We monitor, I oversee the area forms, copyright monitoring and enforcement to protect the valuable assets that we have for members. And I work with the third party forms providers, uh, liaising. Again, this one I'm gonna end on a real positive note with our area standard forms committee, reviewing and discussing all forms and clause issues and suggestions to our leaders uh, for our annual updates and then feed it right back to the members and member boards.
1: Cassandra, it's great to talk to you again. Um, So, Cassandra, how many AREA forms and clauses are there for your team to oversee?
2: Thank you. I love this question when I'm in a webinar, I ask, and uh, I will give it to you flat out. Uh, There's 320 clauses and there's 211 standard forms. If I can, David, uh, I'd like to remind members as they're hearing that, of course, this is for across the province, and there are also template forms and clauses. There are such a vast amount because there's so many different trading activities and so many different you know, functions that members work with consumers on. So I think I might stop there. I am not sure if we're going to talk about all the extensive resources, but 211 forms and over 320 clauses.
0: Thank you. Now, now your
2: test is sorry david i got two davids but your test david oichel is can you list them all
1: <laughs> i i certainly cannot and uh and i and i can recall that uh you know i probably only use a fraction of them because you know residential and uh, not commercial and you know certain of the, of them i do know as uh, certain of, of them are specific uh, to ottawa so that's good as well so uh no it's really fantastic
0: now, Cassandra, December and January are always very busy and a very busy time of year for you and your team. Uh, can you tell our listeners about what's been keeping you busy lately?
2: Absolutely, I, I can. I can safely say lately is almost like an always. So I'll start with that. We have many, many emails and phone calls. Uh, as much as we love talking with them, talking with members, sometimes public, deflecting them to the members for their member services. Um, we really do like that kind of engagement. At the end of the year, as you're you're sort of more pointed to, I would say three months ramping up to the end of the year. Uh, we're very, very busy doing our annual updates, uh, connecting first the annual forms with the French translation, second doing our resources uh, such as the Forms Explain files, making them applied to the 2022 for example in this year. Uh, we You will not find an old form with the annotations. And then of course, simply communicating with members. December is the big month, not only for our updates in webinars, but our outreach requests, um, getting as many messages, uh, social and uh, really to the boards and the executive officers and to our leaders to be ambassadors and anybody attending, we ask them to be ambassadors to continue that message forward. So if you use December as end of year coming into 2022 annual updates is always what keeps us most busy at that time of year
1: well well, continuing on that theme you know you looking back on the last year what were some of the most common questions that you received about forms and clauses
2: Nothing's common, David. <laughs> However, I get the question. <laughs> One of the most frequent and common questions is where they can find the forum's resources. A lot of members, as you said, um, you have a particular line of business, particular trading, and when something crosses their path, a frequent question in different words will always be, do you have this type of forum, this clause? Do you have this for what I'm doing now? Where can I find that resource? And even something educational. And if I were more particular, uh, David, to your question on topical to forms, I would definitely say there's three frequent topics and questions and conversations that came out in 2021. One would be the Seller Direction form, Form 244, which includes discussion around consent and direction. The other one would be Offer Summary Document, the Form 801, uh, because um, there are some multiple Alternative uses being um, identified around the province, and interestingly, this year we had quite a few questions and inquiries about clauses, clauses for varied purposes, and I think that's just natural as we have so many different trending situations and issues, uh, especially with technology. Especially with technology, that's brought forth a lot of discussion around clauses that they can use or or how to use them and what clauses to use.
1: Now, I would agree with you on the form two forty four, the seller's direction. I know in Ottawa. Uh, It was a lot of topic of conversation because that's the form we use to establish offer timing, offer receipt timing. And that was not always uniformly uh, used. And so uh, our board did a lot of education on that to make sure that the form was used properly. So um, continuing on that theme, you know, what sorts of uh, major forms and clause changes did uh, did your committee make in twenty twenty one?
2: Uh, I'm going to say it's an interesting, sometimes if I, if I just don't think about it and I get a reflection of what kind of changes had taken place uh, to me this year, and I, I think that's the general sense when you, when somebody looks at all of the revisions in the end, after they've reviewed everything, I'd say these revisions were more along the line of streamlining. Uh, streamlining still can be very, very important, especially if there's any little stumbling blocks along the way for a form or a clause. I'm going to give you an example. You know, The revisions this year, a little bit relative to Form 801, uh, just as an intro, I think we're going a little further in a few minutes, um, it is used for varying purposes. Its primary purpose is, is compliance with the Real Estate and Business Brokers Act when it asks for retention of documents. Sometimes a little different. As you said, uh, David, sometimes people are just generally trading, and that requires certain activities. So they reach out for a form that helps them with that, and that's where 801 was revised, so I encourage people to take a look at that. Form 200, which is a very common form for most members. Uh, Of course, 520 is the same. It had the same revision because it's the commercial version. Uh, We had a streamlining adjustment to that, and the same thing with Form 320, which is a confirmation cooperation representation, almost if I don't say every, because certainly there are some transactions that people use different forms, but the majority of the member transactions before negotiations will incorporate the form 320 confirmation cooperation representation. And this year we kind of did a little revision, but it was primarily primarily because we had a, a sister form that was new. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a few moments as well. But I'd say streamlining is really the major area of, of uh, changes this year. Nothing contentious, which is good.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, I got a feeling I know which form we're going to talk about in a second here. So can, can you tell members uh, what to expect here in 2022? And are there any new or real forms or clauses they should be aware of?
2: All right. Thank you. So fantastic <laughs> news. We have one. <laughs> I, I I think sometimes you know, one or, or 21 members just say, stop the forums. But really and truly, it, it, these new forums, these revisions, they may not be exactly what one member submitted, but from a, a host of different member suggestions, sometimes stakeholder suggestions, It takes a little bit of time to roll um, into something concrete of a change. And this year, Standard Forms Committee and the Board of Directors had approved this new form out of really the conversation that consumers are having with their realtor. And the realtor submitting to ARIA saying, it makes a difference what the title, what the focus, what the target party is. And and so just to reflect back to the form 320, confirmation cooperation representation, it of course identifies primarily buyer seller, even though the definitions include tenant landlord. But the committee had found from the suggestions in the discussion that a form specific to tenant landlord was very timely this year. Um, Therefore, we have this new form 324, which is just the. It is the only form that's new for members, and and it parallels the form 320. So I think that's a, a rather straightforward um, new form to get used to as well. And and I have to say, up to this point, we've had a lot of questions. People say, well, if there are two, which one do I use? Well, you'd use the one that's most relative to the parties you're working with. If you're working with a buyer and a seller, you'd use the form 320. If you're working with a tenant landlord, you'd use the form 324. It's as straightforward as that.
0: Okay. Well, let's, let's get into an example of that. So uh, what, where, where might a member use that, that form that you just mentioned there in what situation?
2: So, so thank you. That's a good clarifier. Certainly where members are saying, well, now that I have two, what do I use? You know what, this is not a lot different than uh, going back about three years when the standard forms committee and the board approved the new tenant representation you know, as a parallel to the buyer representation agreement. Ultimately, I think members need to realize when they're working with a specific um, purpose party, as in, I want to, I want to find a property for lease. And there's more and more leases and rentals that are a little bit higher. So realtors, uh, unless you're totally rental and leasing, realtors are coming across it a little more frequently, because it might be 1800, might be 3000 a month. So it seems to be a a, um, a business venture, if you will. But getting back to the to the question, I think members would be using this form if they are working immediately as in at the get-go when they're providing services to a landlord uh, or specifically to a tenant for leasing. And um, it doesn't actually always pan out exactly as the service agreement starts, but I think that's what members need to hone in on is, is how is my consumer or what is my consumer wanting from me for service? And if they're looking for leasing, renting, you'd use, as you get to a negotiation, the confirmation cooperation representation for tenant landlord. And the same, if you've listed something for lease, you would start with the confirmation cooperation representation, tenant landlord, because that, that that is who your parties are at the front end.
0: So... If members have any more questions about what you just mentioned, where can they go to learn more about it or do some background research and so forth?
2: Easy peasy. You can get them to the summary of revisions file. Every year we have the summary of revisions file that's available to members and we kind of break it down both visually and content for description. Good. Uh, they can always tune in. If I can add to that, David, they can tune in to the webinar recordings, which we expand a little bit. And we this year we had both guests, our legal counsel and, and Hugh Foy, um, where they're describing situations, we're answering questions. Now, and maybe even if you speak with your broker of record brokerage management, because they can help roll some of these new forms or revisions into the trading activity of that specific member in the brokerage as well.
1: Look, Cassandra, it's really interesting to talk about that new form because, you know, there's four parties on every form and the, and the realtors understand it all the time. So, uh, but the, the landlord and tenants may not use it all the time. So making sure that the language is clear to them is certainly a, a benefit because then it's easier for everybody to understand and uh, I think that's a great addition to, uh, for, uh, to the forms, for sure. Absolutely. So, you know, thinking about the existing forms and clauses, um, you know, what are reforms and or clauses are, uh, are, have been revised for 2022? And I know you talked about streamlining. Is there anything else specific that you can talk about?
2: Yes, I think I'd like to just clarify a little bit about that streamlining reference and and knowing we're going to dive in a little bit further. This is fantastic. Thanks for that opportunity. Most members who list and sell through the year will be using both the listing agreement and the agreement of person sale. Therefore, it'll definitely benefit them to review the revisions a little bit more deep dive. So the streamline reference or the contentious issue uh, might come about if, in fact, they're kind of caught off guard when they go to use it for the first time. So, so let me clarify. On the Form 801, the offer summary document, this is often either requested by a listing brokerage or used by a cooperating brokerage um, for evidence of a written signed offer. Again, we'd like you to check into the revision because what we did was was maybe, I don't want to say clean up because that suggests that it was maybe bad. It's and the best word I can think of is it streamlined the description at the top of the form so that members are a little bit clearer on one purpose or another. And then it removed a couple words so that there were no errors in the use. So I'm really gonna encourage members to have a look at that because you do have two options, retention of document for the REBA compliance or using it for evidence of a written signed offer, which seems to be quite a frequent happening. And then since the pandemic, we've seen and heard an increase in electronic deposits. I'm gonna focus on that one as well. Uh, We have a standard clause that was uh, revised because there seemed to be an awful lot of circumstances where buyers were putting the clause into the agreement of purchase and sale and the listing brokerage, which is quite frequently the deposit holder. uh, They had a little bit of a a void between them where the clause said additional information would be provided to the deposit holder, but the buyer often said, well, I did my deposit, I'm done. So the committee established and we've got the, the same clause with, a lot more clarification so the conversation is had in the negotiation between the cooperating brokerage and their buyer and the listing brokerage and the seller. And everybody sort of knows almost like the last example you had, David, what's going to happen. So I think some of the sm- smallest uh, revisions can actually help a great deal. So I'm gonna go back and, and encourage members to review the summary of revisions, review the forms, look at the list of forms that are revised, find the ones you use frequently. And um, you know what, the, the adjustments to the electronic funds deposit also can impact a cooperating broker because information that needs to be provided can be information cooperating brokerage reps need for completing the receipt of funds. And that's like a two-sided win-win on those minor revisions that were made. So if I can just leave it, leave that on the table, I think those are two really big areas that uh, can relate to members and help them with clarity through the process and with their consumers, like you said, David.
0: Absolutely. So every year your team releases an annual summary of revisions filed to let members know of any changes. Uh, can you talk about that? And when does that actually get released to them?
2: So December 1st is a key date in our calendar, Uh, This is a target upload date of the annual summer of revisions every year. We start promoting it as soon as we can. In fact, I have to say I've already started promoting December, so I'm one year in advance. (laughs) But normally it's about September when we start saying, mark the calendar, go and pull that summer of revisions. It's so vital. So we don't want them missing any of the revisions. Uh, The third party providers and licensees that provide fillable forms, they're about two to four weeks off. So therefore the members have a good two to three week period to get themselves up to date and aware of what new forms, what revisions on the forms and also what the newer revised clauses are. So that again, they're not caught off guard come January one when they take a listing or whatever date it is in 2022 right now that you're going to use maybe a form that's been revised. You just don't wanna be caught off guard. So December 1st is the key date. So I can officially say, please mark December 1st, 2022, for the next summary of revisions file.
1: Uh, Cassandra, your team produces a lot of content to help support members. So let's talk about some of your most popular content. You know, the webinars that you produce. How many webinars did you have in 2021?
2: Now it's time to sort of reflect back thank you
1: David
2: <laughs> I'm gonna be thinking about all this stuff over you know the next month January February as we as we've done a lot of planning up to date, uh, we had 11 webinars in 2021 on a variety of topics. I'm just going to list a few if, if, um, if I can remember most of the ones that I think are really heated. Uh, and we planned well because the seller direction and consent forms, we actually had two separate, one seller direction and then one buyer direction and consent. But putting those together, that that, that is quite a contentious topic because it's so vital to get things documented between the consumers and the brokerage. We had brokerage-to-brokerage communications Uh, webinar. We had new member webinar in June. We had a commercial and clauses webinar. Sometimes when we target the webinars, we tend to see less, like we'll get five to 700, but really we found last year, we were still up between eight and 1500 for any one webinar. So it was just fantastic. The members get engaged and uh, we are always open. If I can use this opportunity, we are always open to member suggestions because we know that things change. Things are sort of living and changing as months go by. So keep those suggestions and, and communications coming back to us, and, and I will also use this, we'll say it a couple times, Standardforms at com. We're always happy to hear from you. <laughs> anyway, 13 to answer your question, David.
1: 13. So um I thought it was 11 there for a second. So that's 13. So for new members that are listening, can you give us a rundown of what the average webinar is like?
2: Yes. Uh, it may depend on the topic. However, I, I would I would probably say we have a a process where we do the introductions essentially on you know where are the agenda, where are the conversations going, where the questions are welcome. Uh, we do a high level overview primarily on purpose and content or intent of the forums or the clause that we're presenting. So it may be like our if I used our December example. The annual updates, of course we want to get as much information, but it can be very um, detailed. So we try to do that high level. And then we use the questions to really dig deep because it's amazing. If we had 1,200 members, usually there's 1,199 still hanging in on the end after 20, 30 minutes of questions. So members are really enjoying hearing questions and answers of other members and then of course responding in different ways so so we will do the same if i take the clause webinar similar example we'll do a high level we'll cover off where the resources of clauses are we'll give examples of certain clauses that had changes which is not uncommon especially with forms and then we answer questions along the way. We, we do it along the way, and we have a question period at the end, and we remind members every opportunity we can of the many, many resources. And sometimes it's not REA resources. It most frequently is because we have many that are touch points for members. But it might be a RICO resource. It might be CREA because of the Proceeds of Crime, Money Laundering, terrorist Financing, FinTrack resources, which it helps members make better decisions and understand the purpose of the REA forms in the end. And that's where we head with almost every webinar. So it sounds like a lot, but we get through a lot in about an hour.
1: <laughs> well, they are excellent. So um, for those that want to, uh, where can they go and listen to the uh, past episodes?
2: Uh, com Standard Forms landing page, which of course is under the member services tab. Um, this is an excellent opportunity. We We have those webinar recordings. I believe we have just over 60 varying webinar topics and the recordings are available. Um, essentially, we put them up about five to seven days after every webinar because, you know, we just clean them up a little bit, but uh, it's, it's a great opportunity uh, to go back and listen to those recordings. So if anybody has any issues, they can always reach out to us. We'll try to put their fingertips right on the landing page, but it's quite straightforward yeah webinar landing
0: page yeah absolutely it is back in uh, 2021 you launched the standard which is a 10-week interactive video series that allowed members to ask their forms questions live to you uh Mm -hmm. it was a very very big success and 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 we had you on the podcast last summer to give everyone kind of a sneak peek of what to expect with the series but now that you've wrapped up your first season can you share some key takeaways of that series and and what you kind of liked about it because it was a huge success
2: I agree. I, we had such positive feedback, and I think we had over 2,700 members, uh, participants. We had interesting questions. Uh, we managed uh, a host of them. You know, right out of the gate with the first season, our audience satisfaction rate was 93%. I don't think there was an episode where, where we saw the survey. Um, well, I shall say that there was every episode. <laughs> the survey results showed, members had said they had learned something. And I think a lot of it, I certainly don't want to take personal credit, I think between uh, Kelly and myself hosting and co hosting answering the questions, putting information in front of the members. members had to learn something from the engagement with other members as well as ourselves, pointing them in the right direction to forms and clauses, and clarifying you know reference points of forms and clauses and the purpose of them so you know also the majority of participants confirmed that they learned something that they were satisfied and that they would recommend it to other members so Our goal is to provide the best practice takeaways for members to use in their day-to-day trading activity. Uh, It appears that the forms offering is, of the standard is a huge success as you said so we're just ecstatic especially with the engagement numbers that we had and you know what i just somebody else in an outreach uh, today this morning had actually said well you know i love the standard again i, I try not to take these things personally these are aria assets for members and we're just so ecstatic with our comms team marketing team and of course the forums team putting such a a great product out for members and we're going to see season two come out in the spring of uh, 2022
0: yeah and we look forward to that and if you want to watch any past episodes it's aria.com forward slash the standard and you can watch yes. past episodes but uh, you know while we're on this topic uh i hear there's a bonus episode of the standard coming out on january 20th uh what can members expect from that
2: yes a bonus episode i don't know if we're going to have different colors and <laughs> <laughs> tangled fireworks but anyway uh, we're hosting a special episode uh january 20th uh This is gonna be all around, you know, diving into the member questions on 2022 forms and clauses, the updates, the resources available. We encourage everybody to join us live. Uh, If you're familiar with the standard, you know we do our best to answer as many as possible. You know what I have to say, there's also an opportunity for members to upvote other member questions. So even though we may see them and go, that's important. And we shift them over to live because we get them, you know, streaming in, we will answer the ones that the members just just upvote and say we really want this answer so that that's a lot of fun and and you've given the fact that we've got the landing page for the recordings registration for our special episode is now open on aria.com slash the standard we also have our desired monthly wednesday webinars that's a mouthful Uh, we had two special update webinars just passed that's why it was 13 david we had two one for uh, executive officers brokers of record and our leaders Uh, on the uh, 8th and then we had it on the 15th for members and those recordings are available on a webinar landing page. So again, um, January is going to be part two on the 26th of January, our webinar Wednesday. And uh, we look forward to members participating in both. So um, lots of great resources and opportunities to keep talking, forms, clauses, keep asking the questions and really interacting with member to member.
1: So, Cassandra, a really exciting uh, new uh, thing this year is uh, the forum's artificial intelligence chatbot. You know, how can that assist members?
2: You know, it took me a while to warm up to this guy about three, four, five years ago. I know some of them think it's a female. (laughs) Let me carry on with where I'm headed on that you know it's a 24-hour resource it's like the for sale sign it's a 24-hour marketing piece or what they say 24-hour salesman on the front lawn so the the artificial intelligence chatbot lives on the bottom right corner of our ria.com web pages so it continues with you as you're there navigating the web pages so if you think at some point you have a question hey where is this forms explained file on form 244? Uh, I'd like to see the annotated, or do you have a form on assignments? And so the bot has excessive training data over the last few years. In fact, the, the chat bot is learning every day. Uh, we have training data growth throughout 2021, if I'm not mistaken, it's about 148% of training data growth, which is phenomenal. And I think as any AI chat bot, it just it, it continues except you know um, exceptionally as it learns more it learns faster and so we're we're really ecstatic to continue that training data in the chatbot about forms and clauses and you have to be logged in in order to get the chatbot Responses for the urea forums and forms resources. Otherwise, you'll get the public-facing chatbot, which still has great information about the association government relations. So um, the chatbot, just like the forums team, will be able to provide you uh, many resources. However, not the legal or trading advice. So be careful about what you ask. If you're if you're aiming at getting a chatbot to tell you legal advice, I'd think twice. But also, it probably wouldn't give it to you. So fantastic. Uh, that members have this 24 seven little resource uh, that offices closed forms team, you know, won't get back to them till morning or something to that effect. They can still find their valuable resources.
0: Good to know. Good to know. Bottom, right, bottom right corner. Um, So uh, what if a member wanted to suggest changes to be made to a form? How, how could they do that? And and what would they have to do?
2: Standard forms committee welcomes the conversation, the suggestions, the specifics, and also the forums team always searches for that type of information by asking members more and more questions. So we welcome standard forums committee um, discussions. We put them on the agenda. It's amazing how many items I think, David, you've been part of many, many committee meetings. And I think we've seen up to something like 48 items and it carries forward. Some of them are connected to the other, but at the end of the day, once the committee's made recommendations on a specific action, Sometimes it goes to the next committee meeting, but ultimately near the year end, it goes to the board of directors, and then it turns around to the annual updates. And I would say the lion's share of revisions and new forms stream directly from member, uh, member suggestions and member communications. So keep them coming. They just need to send it to standardforums.arrea.com, and you know we, we'll figure it out when they're identifying the suggestion. And sometimes we just pick up the phone and talk to them so we can get as many details for the committee consideration.
1: I can tell you that that email works because I've sent a few in over the years, um, for sure. Well, sometimes I, maybe I called, but uh, but anyway, it uh, it works, and that's how we get better is by uh, by getting that input from our members who are out trading each and every day. So uh, keep those suggestions coming. So, Cassandra, as we uh, as we wind down here, uh, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners uh, before you go?
2: I would like to say that, you know, member-to-member communication is really vital and that's what we try to encourage. It's almost, you know, the, the, the subtle improvement with members communicating with consumers, without everybody within the industry sort of being alerted and aware of the intended purpose of forms and clauses. Uh, Without the conversation about how they're using them differently, you don't want to catch, neither party, Cooperating Brokerage, Listing Brokerage, wants to catch the other off guard. I do not believe that. I think it's a matter of making sure the communication is from beginning, middle to end, and I think that'll help substantially. But really, in the end, when it comes to our direct resource to members... Feel free to reach out to us anytime. In fact, I'm just ecstatic. It's like my break in the day. I love picking up the phone and calling members out and really hearing more so about what they're asking because sometimes text and emails don't do it all. And the same thing should go right straight through into the trading activity. Text and emails can be confusing and sometimes have the wrong message. So uh, keep those communications flowing, including with us at standardforums at aria.com. And uh, we uh, we have that as an ongoing through the year welcome.
0: Cassandra, thank you for your time.
2: <laughs> you are most welcome. It's always my pleasure. <music>
0: Now, before we go, I want to remind you that all ARIA members and their families have access to LifeWorks, a well-being solution that provides users with 24-7 access to counselors, specialists, and self-guided resources for dealing with all of life's moments. Visit ARIA.com forward slash LifeWorks for more information and to access the service. And finally, don't forget to check out RealHeart.ca to read the inspiring stories of realtors giving back to their communities and to share your story. That's RealHeart.ca. That's it for today from Maria President David Oykel and myself, David Bastel. Stay safe and we'll talk to you again soon.
2: Visit aria.com slash podcast for more information, links, and a full list of our episodes to date. New episodes are out the second Tuesday of every month.